Welcome to We Hear Her. I am Erin Trenbeth Murray. And I am Jennifer Bean. We're here today with another amazing woman who's sharing her story and insights to lessons learned. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to We Hear Her. I am Jennifer Bean, and I'm here today with Erica Dahl, who is the VP of Government Relations at Find Help. Can you start by telling us a little bit about what Find Help is? We had a quick conversation before the camera started rolling, and as a social worker in early in my career, I'm so interested in what Find Help does because it sounds like something I needed back then. Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me. Of I'm course. Excited to be part of this group and excited to talk about the work I'm doing and my career, and hopefully it'll be helpful to our listeners at some point. Um, Find Help is a software company based in Austin, Texas. I'm very lucky I get to do my work from Salt Lake City. That is wonderful. Even though Austin is an amazing destination. Yes, hip and growing and definitely a technology capital. Yeah, for sure. I have uh, been a, a lobbyist in-house for a variety of companies my entire career. And I started with Find Help um, back in April um, after leaving um, a six-year career building out government relations for Vivint Solar. And prior to that, I ran a segment of community relations for Intermountain Healthcare. I noticed Intermountain was on there. So between Intermountain and Vivint, those are some real pillars in our community. So we thank you for everything you've offered. But when you landed at Find Help, what yes. was it that really caught your attention and said, this is where I want to focus my energy and my expertise? Well, having, as you said, worked for some amazing companies based in Salt Lake, doing important work, um, providing healthcare uh, through an amazing charity care program that Intermountain is known for, and then yeah. Vivint Solar, of course, helping lead the renewable energy revolution, not just in Utah, but as the second largest Elsewhere, solar yeah. Yeah, in the state. When I saw the opportunity at Find Help, I thought, well, this is sort of merging everything that I know. It's the toolbox of doing really good government relations work and advocacy for a very important constituency. And these are folks that um, we serve through the work we do to reinvent the safety net. So Find sure. Help. Uh, .org is our free website. Anyone can go on in all 50 states in Puerto Rico, type in a zip code anonymously, and search for social care services that they might need. Anything from applying for local, state, or federal benefits to looking for a food pantry in their neighborhood, help with rental assistance, utility assistance. Um, it runs the gamut. Um, sure. The site is trans instantly translatable into 100 languages. Uh, and we work really hard with um, our nonprofit partners that offer these free and low-cost services um, to improve the site, make sure their listings are up to date. So sure. it's been very exciting to lead out and to build government relations for this important company. That's wonderful. And government relations has always been so near and dear to your heart. Take us back to maybe growing up and where do you see that influence taking hold, especially for maybe some of the populations that do go underserved? Absolutely. Um, well, I grew up with two social workers. As My, parents. Yes, as parents. I love that. Uh, they both worked for the state of California. Okay. Um, mostly doing foster care placement and adoption sure. placement for the state. Um, and so um, giving back and being aware of the needs of your community was always um, front and center in our in home. In your home. And also political advocacy, um, especially my dad. Um, and so we were very active um, politically in California in the 70s and 80s. Um, and I knew that I wanted to do something in politics, but I was also drawn to the business community. Sure. So um, 
So I got my undergraduate degree in political science uh, and then took a job with the San Francisco Chamber of Commerce right out of school. Oh, wonderful. And I ran a program called Business Volunteers for the Arts. Okay. And it was my first exposure to how business and policy can come together to help find win-win solutions in communities. Yeah. And so that has been my, my Sort driving, of your gateway. That's right. My, my mission, focus for my career ever since. Yeah. When you think about where you are now with findhelp.org, mm -hmm. Um, and maybe even who you are as a mother and wife, what would you tell your younger self um, about what's to come on, on this journey? Well, we have a thing in my house recently that we all use because somebody said it to me sort of offhandedly. Yeah. And it is stuck with us. And so when we, one of us, I'm married and then I have uh, two kids, when okay. one of us is gripping a little too hard, <laughs> on something, um, whether it's school or work or relationships or just time. Yeah. Um, we look at each other and we say, you're doing just fine, sweetheart. And so oh. if I could tell myself that through different periods of um, change, change is hard, but it's yes. necessary. And I'm very grateful at this stage in my life that change doesn't send me over the edge. It, I see change as a, an opportunity. Sure. A, a, a door to evolving to the next step, That's meaning right. that maybe that last step is taken care of. I love, um, I love the saying, you're doing just fine, sweetheart. I tell it to my 11-year-old son, my 47-year-old husband. I got to meet your 11-year-old son um, he had last a great, week. He had a great time. Did he have a good time? His nickname in our house is the mayor. Because oh, I love it. You can drop him in anywhere and he can navigate. I think he's at just, 11. He's just watched uh, his parents and his older sister um, try new things and um, and know that he'll be fine. Yeah. I gave him some background. My favorite <laughs> part was I told him he would probably be the only guy there. And then there was another there guy. There was one other gentleman there, wasn't he? Who I hired as a contract lobbyist, who I know very well and think very highly of. So it was a coming together of two of my most favorite guys. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. What do you like best about being a mother? Oh, now you're going to make me cry. Is this, I, is this where the tears start to I told to her not to make me cry. <laughs> I mean, I always knew I wanted to be a mom, but I have always been very focused on my career and, and um, being successful, my own level of success, sure. doing what I want to do. Um, and so, you know, I was a single gal in San Francisco where I'm from, where there just wasn't the pressure or the... I societal expectations to sure. get married young. Right. And so in my mind it was, well, you know, 30, 35, we'll see where life takes us, but I have a plan. I'm going to go to college. I'm going to work before I go to graduate school, figure out what I want to do, which I'm very grateful that I that took you did three do that, years yeah. in between. Um, I found the perfect graduate program for me. I went away to DC. I came back and I was going to settle in San Francisco and and I thought I knew the person I was going to settle with. But, you did, yeah. But after seven years of, well, this is not going where I want, my clock started ticking and I had to make a hard decision. And my decision was that I need to go find my real partner in life. And um, I was lucky enough to find How did ben. you go about that? I said yes to every, every opportunity to meet people and to go on dates. I, everybody got a date. I like that. I mean, unless... There Unless a, there were extenuating circumstances correct. that were like red flags going, no, yes. say no. Yes. And 
I mean, you know, I've, I've, I had a lovely two years of, of experiences. Researching. <laughs> well, I was just open to what came to me, you know, and now I, uh, I've watched a few uh, lovely gentlemen that I dated over the years who've gone on to do really impressive, great things, and I just root for them, and I think, I'm glad I said yes. They were not the, they were not. They were not the yes. The yes, but, but I learned something from all of that, and so by the time I met Ben, I was really ready. And yeah, I didn't think Ben was ready because he was younger than I was and he was from Salt Lake City. Oh, so that's how you actually have landed here in Salt Lake. That's right. And are joining me in this chair. How long have you been in Utah? Um, we moved here 17 years ago. 17 years ago. I said I would stay two years. You said yes to a big change, yes. didn't you? I cried all the way. Um, I was driving a... the U-Haul <clears throat> from San Francisco to Salt Lake. Mm -hmm. It was so different. And Ben left for college and said, I will never come back here. And then he had a life experience living all over the world and said, actually, it wasn't I such a bad place to grow up. And I think I might want to settle here and raise a family and um, be close to the mountains. And, yeah. um, and I still have friends here and family. And so the two years has turned into, now it's our home. And we've had a really great experience. And my career here has exceeded my expectations. Oh, that's such wonderful news. I have that in common with you when I was 20, Five, I cried all the way from Heston, Kansas to, I think it was Sydney, Nebraska. Yeah. And I refused to talk to my husband because I didn't think that I'd really agreed to do this. Right. Yes. <laughs> and my one year for his um, internship for his master's has turned into now my 25th. Yes. And putting down my roots here. There's a spell. It, 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 it you can't look away. And when you do look away, the mountains and the scenery yes. here are so captivating, you, you forget why you want to leave all over again. That's What's right. your favorite thing about raising your family here in Utah? Well, we're, we're not living paycheck to paycheck, and I'm not worried. I mean, when I had the job change, it was, well, how long is this going to take when Viv and Solar was acquired and I decided yeah. not to go with the new company, take a package. I had some flexibility, but not forever. But more important than the financial impact was just the what am I going to do next? Is Utah big enough to have opportunities for me to go build out another government relations team? Or am I going to have to dial back my career or worse, off-ramp for a while? Yeah. Which my husband encouraged me to do. And I said, I don't think you know me. <laughs> this is not going to be good for anybody in this house. No one's going to enjoy no me one's being home. like this. Um, and so I sort of looked around. And, um, and then when I had the opportunity to work remote and to stay here, one of the first things in my mind was, oh, I can keep paying my kids school tuition. Yeah. Because yeah. that's my responsibility. Sure. And that's my gift to them. Sure. I did just fine in public school in California, but my kids are very lucky to have this opportunity. And we remind them that not every child has this benefit. Sure. And, um, so we push them to do their best and to give back and to be grateful. Oh. So I love being able to do that. And I had, you know, my parents, I have three parents. My mom, my dad, and my stepmom. Okay. You know, big influences, obviously. Yeah, I was just going to ask you. It makes me think who you sound like such a wonderful mentor um, to your children. I think sometimes that's a, a big part of what us moms do um, or try to do yes. is um, do all of the things that we require of ourselves as mothers. But then if we can give the added bonus of being a mentor and 
uh, a role model and an example of how to make choices and de decisions right. and define w what we do. What and nobody teaches you. I mean, no. you have your own your own experience growing up and what you took from your family and from others, hopefully, that were there for you, which is why, to me, this program is so important. Um, yeah. But there's no, there's no rule book. I, right. Know, my husband and I have lots of late night conversations of. Did we do this right? Right. Are we doing this right? Yes. Yeah. I had a tense conversation with him this week where he called me after, you know, our daughter went to school and going back and forth, she's, you know, having to make some hard decisions about something and how old is she? She's 14. Yeah. We're right in the thick of it. Yeah. And my mentees are in high school and it's been very helpful. I You're think, like, well, you guys, what should I tell my daughter? Uh -huh. <laughs> how about this? And they're so lovely and grounded and down to earth. Um, and it's really, I mean, who's mentoring who? It's been really fantastic. It's true, huh? Yeah. yeah. But I thought we'd come to an agreement, and then the next morning he called me on the way to work, and he, and he's trying to retrade what we said, <laughs> and I finally just said, you're not listening to me. Yeah. You yeah. know, we're playing our roles with her, but we're a team, but we made a decision we need to move forward. And he said, okay. And then I got lots of texts throughout the day. He was executing <laughs> on the plan, and it was exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. she feels a lot better today uh, with what she needs to get done. And, you know, you take it day by day. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. What are some other values that you feel you hold personally that you bring into your professional career? You've talked about gratitude. Yes. You've talked about um, striving and defining success. Um, I, I think just before the camera started rolling, we were talking about... Um, something that's so important um, to the Women Who Succeed program and and sharing with those um, young girls that are coming up behind us, and that is that your journey may not look like a very straight path. Oh, it it may be. not even look like anything you had envisioned. No, where is the path? Right. Where Get is your machete the out. <laughs> Where's the signpost? That's right. So what, what have been... Um, some of those values that you see bleed into your your authentic self as a professional and career woman. Yeah, I do. I think that authenticity comment is really important. I think yeah. people people know when you're not leading with who you are yeah. or being transparent about why you're doing what you're doing. And I think, you know, as a lobbyist, all I have to go on is my reputation. And yeah. I am there to represent the interests of my organization. But at the end of the day, I won't be successful if what I'm saying mm -hmm. uh, I can't deliver on or is exaggerated in some way. And lobbyists get a bad rap, you know, that we're, we get paid to go out and <laughs> eat and drink and tell stories. And, um, but it's about connecting with people. Sure. And that's, that's the part that I like. And I never, ever want to burn a bridge. I think that's so important. Um, I've had to... Um, I had to break up with a contract lobbyist uh, <laughs> recently, and I kept waiting for him to break up with me first because I knew it wasn't working, and yeah. he wouldn't do it. And so <laughs> I'll do it. I'll I, do the dirty work. I had to pull up my you know, uh -huh. my britches, and and but I I I tried so hard to make sure DC's a small town. Yeah, and I had worked with this firm before, and we had an excellent experience. But um, but Find Help is a healthcare focused platform mainly. And it just wasn't their area of expertise. And sure. I hired them in the beginning because I knew them. And I didn't have the time to sort of build out a level of trust with another firm. But as time went on, 
it, it became obvious that it wasn't the right fit and there was no judgment there. Yeah. Um, um, and so I hope I did okay. Because <laughs> I would not hesitate to use them again in the future and I hope that they would say the same about working with me. Yeah, so yeah. I think being a straight shooter is really important. Really important. Um, but, you know, I come to things always um, assuming the best of people. Sure, sure. That's a really great tenant to live by too. I've been burned. Tell me about a time that um, you wish you could redo if you had the opportunity. Oh, my goodness. We had a really stressful situation on um, Friday night. <laughs> this is personal, but I've okay. been replaying it in my head over and over, and I'm just kicking myself for how I handled it because I assumed the best of the person that approached me. Okay. And it, that was not their intention. And from a, as a woman, yeah, being safe yeah, as things are unsettled and will continue to be unsettled, you know, uh, I was disappointed in myself that I wasn't more more realistic and forward thinking. So my husband and I were, um, my daughter was away with her ski team. My son was at the jazz game with yeah, a friend. Yeah. And so my husband and I went out to dinner, just the two of us. <laughs> what, are, what, do, what are we going to have to talk about? <laughs> oh, it, it was great. We had a lot to talk about and it was quite lovely. And I was proud of us for carving out that time because we could sure. have done a million different things at home. So, but sure. we were early birds. It was eight o'clock. We were driving home up I Street, and um, and somebody followed us home. It was very odd. And I said to my husband, "I think we're being, being followed. followed." And he didn't believe me. Well, he pulled into our driveway, and that and person blocked our driveway. And then we got out, and there we were, vulnerable and exposed, with an open garage. Home. Yes, at night. Yeah. And my instinct kicked in that I didn't want this gentle. He got out of his car and was approaching us. You. In in our driveway and I I thought if my husband steps up this is not gonna go gonna well. go way so here I am a polite woman I'll diffuse this yes um, and he just said some silly things um, that made no sense and I said you're mistaken and you need to leave yeah and um, and then he cursed at me and left and you know we closed the garage door and we just looked at each other like what just happened yeah. And we didn't think another any and anything of Else, it other than yeah. well somebody's having a bad night, and, and somehow we crossed paths with him at the wrong time. Yes, um, and then ten minutes later we heard banging on our front door, and then I got really scared. And but we waited, we opened the door. Well, he I assume it was the same person. He'd come back and egged my front door, and I thought, oh, this is a reminder. I mean, I should have just. What was this one, about? One, I guess I should have just insisted to my husband, don't go home. I guess call 911. But, but right, my, we my, always wonder, what, what should I have done? Yeah. So I've replayed it or said, I'm so sorry, can I help you? Yeah. Oh, you know, let me go on findhelp.org and find you the resources you need. <laughs> I have someone. Yes. Um, or I don't know. But, yeah. But clearly how I handled it of just shuffling this person off and being dismissive of them just made it worse and then but right. then i remind myself well wiping off egg on my front door is not but i i felt it's not like the worst thing that could happen but right. it still leaves you feeling quite vulnerable i did i felt really vulnerable and i thought I, i'm smarter than that yeah but the sad part to me as i replayed this is that it tested my faith in that everybody comes from a good place from a good yeah that's how i operate yeah so when you when you come across that realization that maybe not everybody does operate like you do. Right. What do you do? What do you do with that? I try to remind myself that the glass is half full and not half empty. Yeah. I just don't want to live my life like that. 
Right. So that was unfortunate. But at the end of the day, what was the real harm? Right. Just sort of to my ego that I wasn't smarter to have navigated and not and further antagonize somebody that. Yeah. And that brings up such an interesting point that I think we often do as women think that someone else's response yes. is rooted in how we handled the situation. Correct. This is all my fault. <laughs> right. We say that too much, yes. don't we? A hundred percent. Yeah. Yes. What are any final thoughts that you have for women of Utah that you would like to share with us? Well, we're fantastic. We are. And <laughs> it was disheartening to see the headline in the Salt Lake Tribune um, recently yes. that we still remain at the bottom for equity for women. And so I'm so proud of um, women who succeed and the work that my fellow smart, dynamic, giving female professional community is doing every day in their jobs with their families and then making time to give back. Yes. And we just have to we just have to keep moving forward. That's another sort of mantra in our house. Um, RFM, Relentless You're Forward doing... Motion. Just go. <laughs> RFM, what is it? Relentless Forward, forward motion. motion. Yes. Just put your head down and go. And just go. Work yes. hard. Just yeah. work hard and do your best. And that's all that you can do. Right. I love that. I think we'll end there. Thank R you so much. RFM. RFM. And that's what we'll leave with. Thank, Thank you. you so much, Erica. This is lovely. Thank you. Thank you for taking time to hear her. Join our efforts and learn more at womenwhosucceed.org. A big thank you to our sponsor, the Clark and Christine Ivory Foundation.